Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. From Decrypt Media, this is the Decrypt Daily, and my name is Matthew Diemer. Today on the show, listener questions answered and headlines. That's coming up on the Decrypt Daily. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the show. Today is Friday, April 16th, 2021. I am not going to talk about Coinbase today. We spoke about Coinbase already enough this week. I see the price. I see the news. I'm done with it until Monday. We can revisit the price on Monday. I think I might add Coinbase to my daily price recap. I think it's going to be interesting to watch, but I'm not going to speak about Coinbase today. That's weird because I just spoke about Coinbase. So to tell you that I'm not talking about Coinbase, I'm actually speaking about Coinbase. That's dumb. Let's get into those crypto prices. And I'm recording this at 11.15 Eastern Standard Time. Bitcoin has, the whole crypto space, for the most part, has had a little pullback overnight. Bitcoin is sitting at $61,410, down 2.5% from yesterday. Ethereum is at $2,406, down 2.4%. Binance Coin's in the number three spot at 509.17, down 7.7%. And XRP's at $1.56, down 10%. Dogecoin, Dogecoin is in the number five spot. What? Dogecoin is in the number five spot. I just want to keep saying that because I don't know what the hell is going on. Dogecoin is in the number five spot at 40 cents. 40 cents. Come on, man. Yesterday I saw it was at 14 cents. Then I saw it was 17 cents. Then it was 18 cents. I woke up this morning, it was 31 cents. Now it's 40 cents? Come on, Up 200% in 24 hours with a $52 billion market cap? Dogecoin? What the hell is going on? <laughs> I don't even, I don't know what is real anymore. Y'all help me. Y'all help me. Anyway, well, it's in the number five spot at 40 cents, like I just said, out 200% from yesterday. And Tether's in the number six spot. Uh, no other movement in the top 10. I guess Cardano's at number seven, Polkadot number eight, Uniswap number nine, and Litecoin number 10. Total market cap for all cryptocurrency, we're at $2.21 trillion and a BTC dominance of 51.9%. And now to listener questions. We have three questions today. They're really good questions, and I had to think about it all morning. Let's get into them. Hope you guys like my answers. John in San Diego asks, I have a question as a newer entrant in the crypto world. What do I do with all of this dust that accumulates? I like keeping my crypto exchange wallet neat and tidy. Well, first of all, what is dust? Dust is the little bits of cryptocurrency that's left in your wallet. So let's use Dogecoin, for example. We have 100 Dogecoin. Since everybody's talking about Dogecoin today, we have 100 Dogecoin. And Dogecoin is worth anywhere from, let's call it $30 to $35 for 100 Doge. And let's just say you're going to trade that Doge for uh, BTC, F, BNB, USDT, or USDC, or something like that. Where you're making that trade, and that trade just doesn't trade evenly. It does not like 30 doses is going to be evenly absorbed by the exchange or the trade. And so you have just a little bit of doge, maybe a fraction of doge left in your wallet. Maybe it's three cents of doge, or two cents of doge, or something like that. Or maybe even less. Well, 
that's your dust. That little bit of cryptocurrency that's just sitting there, it's two cents right now or one penny or even a fraction of a penny and it's just sitting in your exchange. And now you have all kinds of wallets that have just a little bit of uh, money in there or a cryptocurrency in there that you can't do anything with. Well, there's no trading pairs for that you know, one cent of Doge. What are you going to buy with one cent of Doge? Really? And a trade is not going to be worth it for the exchange to make that trade, so they're not going to trade it for you. And you can't pay the transaction fees to send that one cent of Doge out because the transaction fees are actually higher than that one cent of Doge. Or you'll get like a half a cent of Doge when you when it reaches, and it just doesn't make sense to even facilitate that trade. So your dust accumulates in your wallet. The question is, what do you do with that? <laughs> That's a damn good question that plagues a lot of people. I think on Binance Exchange, now Binance.com, I don't know about Binance.us to be honest with you, but Binance.com, I think there's a way that you can trade your dust for BNB. So you go to Binance.com, there's a way for you to trade your dust for BNB, and it goes into BNB. Other exchange might have this. I haven't found a good solution myself. I actually searched the internet for this. It's been on my mind for a while. I have dust everywhere, and it's, it's honestly frustrating. But that's dust. Binance has a solution on Binance.com. I'm not too sure about Binance.us. Uh, other exchanges might have it. But if your exchange has its own cryptocurrency, say BNB is Binance's cryptocurrency and FTT is FTX's cryptocurrency, if they have their own cryptocurrency, maybe they are able to shift the dust from those wallets into their own native cryptocurrency. I hope that helps. Next question is from Billy. Billy says, if you win a seat in Congress, what would your first three blockchain advocacy moves be? That's a damn good question. That is a real damn good question. So I want to first clarify one thing. Blockchain advocacy is not Bitcoin advocacy or Ethereum advocacy or Binance advocacy or exchange advocacy or DeFi advocacy. I am going to advocate for blockchain technology. Now, if that blockchain technology is used for cryptocurrencies or DeFi or NFTs or this is all part of a larger ecosystem. It's kind of like saying internet advocate. Being an internet advocate doesn't mean you're advocating for social media or uh, Amazon or streaming services. You just want the internet to be there so as it so it can be a infrastructure for an economy or building innovation upon. So I just want to make that clear that I will advocate for blockchain technology and innovation. So the question is, what are my first three blockchain advocacy moves in Congress? The first one is to join the Congressional Blockchain Caucus. I think that's the absolute first move. See if I can get in there. That's what Congressman Tom Emmer, Congressman Darren Soto, and other people. There's probably about 20 there. And the reason why I want to do this is I want to make sure that we consolidate you know, blockchain advocates in Congress so one, we can organize, two, people can come to us, and three, we can start building a coalition within uh, the, the House and hopefully in the Senate and all of Congress to start pushing through and helping advocacy for this technology. I think that you saw the same thing when the internet came out. People were like, you're never going to be able to you know, do these things on the internet. You're never going to be able to stream movies. You're never going to be able to buy your groceries. And it came out. Imagine if they stopped that innovation. You know, an interesting thing that I was talking to Sergey Nazarov the other day, who is the co-founder of Chainlink, and that interview is going to be coming out on Monday. But he said something there that really made me think about what blockchain is and what people are doing in the space. He said, look, look at Uber. What is Uber actually? What Uber did was it picked up on the different technologies that existed. It took and pushed together a messaging service, a payment aggregator, and GPS location and it put it into an app. And with that app, it gave it to drivers to be able to be their own taxis. And so those 
technologies and those things, you know, they developed on their own. Uh, messaging services developed on their own. Payments via an app developed on their own. And as well as GPS location services developed on its own. And the founders of Uber put it all together and made Uber. And I thought that was just a, an amazing, like, Lego black way to think about what blockchain technology is. We don't know where it's going to come what's going to happen out of it, what's going to be developed on it. But what we are trying to do is to make sure that the developments are happening and that innovators and brilliant people and creators and builders come in and see these different pieces and go, hey, I could put these together this, this way to make this product. That's what I want to make sure. And I want to consolidate those kind of like minds in Congress to talk about this and to understand what's being developed. The second thing I would do is to meet with blockchain companies and find friction points within the growth and integration and determine how the federal legislative branches can help with their uh, endeavors. So basically, are they hitting brick walls? Are they seeing friction? Are they seeing friction with uh, these kind of creatives or um, innovations that they're trying to roll out within the blockchain space? And what can we do to help? I can't tell you what I would do until I know what they need. And number three is to continue to learn, talk, and listen with my podcast. I do not plan on stopping podcasting. I might consolidate my crypto podcast and my personal podcast and political podcasts all in one. Uh, one of my ideas to go into Congress is to make sure that I use podcasting in my position in Congress to amplify the voices of the people that I represent in the district. And that's small business owners, that's cities, that's organizations, that's many different people's in the district through podcasting, through media, through social media to make sure that they have the voice through the position that I will have. And the same thing goes to blockchain and emerging technologies. I will not stop podcasting. I will not stop broadcasting. I will continue to have that conversation to learn, to listen, to speak, and to have those conversations about the future of tech, the future of the country, the future of the people, the future of business, the future of the cities of rights and justice and all kinds of different things. That's what we need to keep doing is keep talking, keep learning, and keep discussing with people of like mind and people that are not of like mind. And fourth and finally, I will make sure that our infrastructure is including future-proofing America's infrastructure. And what do I mean by that? I feel that our roads and bridges, as everybody talks about when it comes to infrastructure, is roads and bridges, roads and bridges. But when we made the interstate system, and that was a huge infrastructure uh, undertaking, we were future-proofing America. We were future-proofing our national security, and we were future-proofing um, for travel and destinations and tourism and cities and connecting the United States in a different way. It, people didn't have that. Look, I was living in China in 2005, and I saw them start building their infrastructure, their highways, and their systems to connect their country. This was something that we were so ahead of our time on that we set the trend. And I would like to know how can we set the trend again in new digital, emerging, future-proofing national security infrastructure that isn't just roads and bridges, but internet, blockchain, making a system that makes us the forefront, which everybody has to play catch up to us. And that isn't just fixing our roads, but that's making sure that we're future-proof in technology and the new roads which is, we saw the internet, of course, you know, everybody having broadband is, I think, the lowest of low-hanging fruit. How do we turn that up to 5G, 6G, and making sure that in 50 years, people are still trying to uh, catch up to the U.S.? And that might include blockchain tech, new ways of finance, new ways of thinking about the way that we organize labor, uh, all kinds of different things. So I personally think that is part of infrastructure, and that's part of future-proofing the U.S., and that's part of blockchain advocacy. Thank you, Billy. And the final question comes from Skip. And Skip asks, Coinbase has become a trusted go-to exchange to buy Bitcoin, Ethereum, and Litecoin. However, some cryptocurrencies are not 
there, Dogecoin, Polkadot, and etc. What would be the secondary trusted exchange that supports these currencies? I don't want to call them secondary, I just want to call them other exchanges. And Coinbase is a great on-ramp for beginners. However, uh, their fees are high. And to go from Coinbase to Coinbase Pro, there seems no reason why they keep them separate. If you go to, like, for example, Binance, they have a more pro professional trading uh, platform there, and they have a simplified one and a basic one. It's all in one shop. So I would say Binance.us, uh, their KYC AML is very easy to do. Their exchange seems to be always up. They use a third party for bringing money in and out of their exchange, fiat currency that is, and uh, they're, they're excellent. Also, their fees are way lower. I mean, Coinbase is expensive to use. If you use the basic Coinbase, it is very expensive. They have the name brand. That's why they're trusted. And now they're on the NASDAQ, so they're even more trusted. But they are expensive. Also, you go to Bittrex. Bittrex is a old-school exchange. I mean, it's been there forever. Uh, we have never heard anything negative about them. I haven't seen any hacks from them or any problems. Knock on wood, and I could be wrong with that. It's been a, many years. But... Bittrex is, has a great listing of cryptocurrencies. They're also pretty trusted. I do not know about their on-ramp and off-ramp when it comes to fiat ins and outs, but their exchange is pretty damn good in my opinion. Plus, fees are good. Uh, FTX.us, they have an exchange. Is it .us? Anyway, FTXUS is a very good exchange as well, up-and-coming FTX exchange. But there's a lot of exchanges in the United States that do support the cryptocurrencies that you are looking for. Um, and I say Binance.us or Bittrex are probably my top picks for those. But there are many others. And the only reason why they're my top picks is because FTX US I have not used yet. And when I do, it might turn into my top pick. I have spoken to Sam Bankman-Free, the CEO and founder of FTX Exchange, uh, quite extensively. And I know what he's building outside of the U.S., and he is trying to make an amazing product. So I couldn't see FTX US being a bad product. I just haven't personally used it. So those are my suggestions. Um, again, save some fees going to Binance.us or Bittrex or FTX. Coinbase is expensive. But remember, this is not financial advice, trading advice, legal advice, or any kind of advice like that. This is my personal opinions. And always, not your keys, not your coins. Make sure to use two-factor authentication. Make sure to be safe. Make sure to use strong passwords. And remember that you can always lose your money. This is sometimes a cumbersome process. The UI UX experience for beginners or non-tech people could be confusing. Be careful. If you have somebody that's experienced to help you out, let them help you out. Thanks, Skip, and I hope you enjoyed that answer. And moving into today's headlines. Jim Cramer says he ditched half his Bitcoin to settle his mortgage. He said that he bought a lot of Bitcoin at $12,000. Uh, I think he's saying that he bought like a half a million dollars worth of cryptocurrency at $12,000. That means he made a crap ton of money, a couple million dollars or so. And, well, he's paying off his mortgage by selling half of it. Everybody's giving him crap for that, and I don't understand why. Dude, you make profit with an investment. You pay off your mortgage so you don't have to have a monthly payment, and you can live a lot more comfortably with a lot more freedom. That is a good thing. Do not give Jim Cramer crap for paying off a mortgage. With that said, Jim Cramer pays about $5 million a year and is worth $100 million. I don't know why he even has a mortgage, but that's another thing. Maybe he has a mortgage on his 20th house. I don't know. Anyway, don't give them crap for paying off a mortgage and don't ever let anybody give you crap for paying off your mortgage. Own your property, own your things, pay with cash, have financial freedom. And with that freedom, you can walk out of any job, anytime, any place. Why? Because you have a lower bottom line 
for your cost of living. And it's a good thing. That's a really good thing. That's freedom, my friends. And in a little headline blurb, if you will, the fastest growing developer communities in crypto are Filecoin and Polkadot. They have seen strong developer growth. People are moving over there to help build on those networks. Even though Ethereum has the most developers contributing to the network, they're the fastest growing. BNB burned a million tokens in its 15th BNB burn, which is the largest BNB token burned by dollar value. As of right now, over $500 million is just gone. And what is a burn? A burn means you're taking tokens out of existence. They're out of the supply. If you take them out of the supply, that means you have less supply, which means basically number go up. Different ways to burn, and the way I think they're doing it, is they're just sending these BNBs, moving them out of the supply, and the wallets are gone. For example, you don't have any way to, to access them. Nobody can access them. They're just locked in a different wallet, and they're, the wallet's thrown away. The private keys are, are lost. You, they're just gone. They're out of circulation. So when there's a higher demand for, say, BNB tokens and lower supply, that means, like I just said, number go up. And I think that's probably what's going to happen here. BNB has consistently every quarter for quite some time, well, 15 quarters, by the way, burned BNB to reduce their supply. And they're going to continue to do that. And finally, Rothschild and Brevin Howard are the next two institutions that are betting on crypto. Together, the two firms hold over $11 billion in assets under management, and they got around $60 million in Bitcoin. It's always nice to see new institutions coming in just to dabble with Bitcoin. If you have $11 billion, what's $60 million? Oh, I would love $60 million. Don't let me tell you about my crypto loss stories. <laughs> people or more and more people I've been talking to have these crypto losses. Like if I only held or if I didn't sell, you know, it's just like they're coming out and people are just like, oh, my God, you know how much money I could have. And then you see $60 million is like just a little percentage of somebody's portfolio. And it's like, that's a lot of damn money. I wish I had $60 million. But regardless of what percentage of their hodlings it is, I'm happy to see these institutions coming in and dabbling, putting their toe in, let's just say, into Bitcoin and cryptocurrency. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Decrypt Daily. My name is Matthew Deemer. Don't forget to go to Apple Podcasts, like, subscribe, share, and leave me a comment. Also, you can send me an email, MatthewAaron at Decrypt.co. And don't forget to go to DeemerForCongress.com. That's D-I-E-M-E-R for Congress.com and help support my campaign. Till tomorrow, weekend update. Happy hodling.